Hello and welcome to the Courage to Be podcast, where we explore how to raise your game, lean into discomfort and have more impact and purpose. I am your host, Sinead Millard. What, what I see at this moment in time in Ireland is like the conversation very quickly changing around sex uh, in Ireland and for the better, where there is a lot of people um, writing articles and doing podcasts and uh, writing on their social media accounts about sex and opening about this. And it's for me, this is this is beautiful to see, right? Because it's, it means that that conversation is getting out there and it means that more uh, this conversation is becoming normal. Hello everyone, welcome back to this week's conversation with the wonderful and fellow Irish woman, Jenny Keane. Jenny is a professionally trained holistic sex educator and that title I hope will become much clearer when you hear from Jenny um, over the course of this conversation. I found this conversation not only incredibly enjoyable, you'll see pretty quickly Jenny's, yeah she's electric, she's great energy um, and... She talks about this topic in a way that's incredibly refreshing. But I think what was very interesting for me was in researching. So listening to the various different podcasts that Jenny has already done, um, reading any content that Jenny has produced, I recognized that at times I felt a little bit awkward or uncomfortable. And the reality is sex and sexuality has in many ways become quite a taboo topic. And I hope that when you hear from Jenny, so Jenny will share with us her pathway into this work, but then the work itself. And that for me was incredibly inspiring. And to hear Jenny's mission, which is to ignite a sexual revolution in Ireland. You know, I think that's that's incredibly it's a big mission but incredibly liberating and I think about that in the context of yes my generation and all generations but future generations it's about making sex education simple fun and unashamedly normal and also in doing so what the implications of that can be so that's it for me I will hand you over to the wonderful Jenny. Jenny welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been interesting actually doing my research for this conversation uh, on so many levels, of course. But in particular, I was intrigued by the many ways in which you've been introduced by various different podcast hosts. Mm. So one host referred to you as the orgasm queen, another as sex therapist and a tantra yoga teacher. Um, I also heard a somatic sex and tantra yoga teacher and super curious legend, Jenny Keane. <laughs> so I think with that said, I'd love to hand it over to you to do the introduction. And also in doing so, just to give us some background, Jenny, as to how you got on to this path. Yeah, perfect. Uh, it's funny, right? Because I'm always kind of like, oh, how do you start out this conversation? Because even saying, I mean, I think I, the, my definition of what I say to people changes, like it has changed so much over the last year, because in the beginning, people are like, what is somatic sex? Uh, like, what is that? You know, uh, so it's hard to kind of like, it's hard to come out and say, because I'm even talking about sex in the beginning, right? Uh, is already a big thing. Uh, so if you are saying something in a way that people are like, I don't get that, they're instantly going to shut off, you know? So it's like, it's like this um, very interesting way to have a conversation that is inviting and easily digestible and not uh, scary anyway, because the subject itself is so tender and intimate and, and, uh, and uh, vulnerable, right? So, um, yeah, but I suppose my background is that um, I, I'm a somatic sex 
a therapist and I've turned into an educator because I'm not um, uh, working one-on-one -on -one with people anymore. And, uh, and essentially this, um, I, this is coming from a, a kind of a trauma-informed background. And I suppose in terms of how I got into this, uh, I mean, first of all, it was my own journey into it because of my own curiosity and my own kind of, uh, struggles and an interest in trying to figure out like I always say this line it's like there has to be more than this you know and uh and I suppose my curiosity led me onto a very kind of weird and wonderful path um that I, I ended up um just following you know and I really had no destination in mind I really never thought when I was doing this for myself that I would be in any way sharing it in the way that I'm sharing it now and uh, I also never thought there would be the interest that there is in it uh, which is I mean continually like every month I'm like I'm continually blown away like in shock constantly being like people people are interested in this you know um but in in terms of and in terms of how the conversation has changed since lockdown in this last year it has been so fascinating for me to observe as someone who is passionate about this work but also um as someone who has seen how who has seen it come from a, a very different place you know um so uh yeah as I say my my the reason I got into it was because I you know I ultimately had this sense of um uh I suppose a disconnection with my own body um I I often tell like in, in terms of I was struggling with my menstruation so this was like the original thing that got me into um really paying attention to my womb space and uh following that I suppose um uh the thing like so that got me interested in like understanding about my cycle and realizing that I knew nothing about my body that I had absolutely like little to no education um when it came to understanding what is happening and you know and why is what I'm experiencing happening and is there a way for me to work with that um other than just going to a doctor and them saying go on the pill right um and then in terms of the sex side I suppose the thing that triggered this for me was uh when I I had a I, I told this story in another podcast uh recently but it was it's where I I had a, a tampon basically inside of me for two months and I hadn't realized because I had I had switched I'd been switching to moon cups and so I wasn't using tampons but I had I was heading to Thailand and uh, my period was just ending and it was in that kind of stage where it's like am I gonna bleed or am I not gonna bleed you know and so I was like I'll use a tampon because I'm on the plane um totally forgot about it and didn't realize like my my period skipped the next month and I was thinking oh it's because I'm doing this really intense tantra train or uh, yoga training at the moment and this is why and like you would often be told that's quite normal and then one day I was going for a hike on the mountain I was smell like I literally smelled so like I was so I, I smelled like disgusting I've never smelled the smell <laughs> come out of me before and I was like what is happening and you know I'm in like the spiritual world at the time so my friends were like oh you're detoxing all this like bad stuff and I was like all right cool I'll just keep going up the mountain way ahead of you guys so you don't smell me <laughs> 
and um and then by the time I came back down I went to the bathroom in a place that I would never go to the bathroom because it's so filthy but um I was and I was squatting down and I literally felt something move inside of me and I thought it was an insect because I'm in, you know I'm somewhere far and I'm like it has to be an insect and I literally like shove my hand up my vagina and I started to pull out this thing and I'm just like oh my god and and then I uh, I pulled out a, a tampon and I was like been inside of me for two months and I suppose after I you know uh realized that I was safe and like got I got checked out went to the doctor and I'm like is everything okay have I got toxic shock syndrome am I going to die you know and one of the biggest things was like wow if I didn't feel that inside of me what does that say for um other forms of penetration like when a man is inside of me like am I actually feeling that or am I numb to it and I think this was uh the thing that kind of stimulated me to really um start to work with my body in terms of uh in terms of the sensate experience let's say you know what am I feeling how do I feel um uh and and working through the senses you know and so this was I suppose a long a long version of how I got into it but only it's not it's not even the long version but it's one it's kind of one thread in many different threads of what was happening at that time you know yeah, that's great, Jenny. I think there's so many directions we could take this conversation in after that intro. Maybe to take a step back for a moment, you mentioned that this subject is tender, it's intimate and it's vulnerable, which I think is lovely. And perhaps there are people listening who feel a little bit awkward around this conversation, feel a bit embarrassed, feel a bit uncomfortable. Um, so maybe to acknowledge that or to hear from you on that and perhaps generally, why has sex become a somewhat of a taboo topic in ways. I was thinking back to my own experience of sex education growing up, um, raised as Catholic in Ireland. And, and what I remembered were a lot of the risk factors that I learned about. So the risk of mm-hmm. STIs, uh, the risk of getting pregnant. Um, so, yeah, I think there's two things there, maybe to acknowledge the discomfort that people may or may not be feeling and just why in some ways it has become a somewhat of a taboo topic i mean the thing is is that uh it's funny right because sex is the most natural thing in the world um but very few people are willing to have an open honest conversation about it um you know uh we're th- like we're taught so many things growing up we're taught you know, um, maths were taught good manners, right? In terms of like from your parents, right? Say thank you, um, say please, you know, all of these things, but we're not uh, really taught how to talk about sex. Um, we're not taught that even talking about sex is an option. And generally in terms of the education that we've had, like exactly what you mentioned, the education is really around the risk factor of sex, you know? So it's like, you know, don't get pregnant and here's all the STIs you can get. And so what, at least the world that we grew up in, right? It is changing now, but the world that we grew up in, there is a kind of a, um, a danger, you know, to speaking about it. It's, uh, it's viewed as something that is supposed to be private and um and I think that's really where where it comes from right and I mean when we talk about people who are uncomfortable maybe even listening to some of these topics right um uh 
first of all, it's to know that it's so normal, right, to feel this way. Um, when conversations about sex is not as readily available and open, you know, in terms of um, culture, our uh, our friend, and in terms of our friend circle, you know, um, and our our peers, right? Um, then it is going to seem unnatural that someone is speaking about tampons and not feeling anything in their vagina and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think when you can allow yourself to feel the discomfort and then relax into it, you give your space, you give yourself this kind of openness um to to really hear that oh you know this is I mean I feel like this too you know um and that one of the biggest things is that like when I talk to women it's that oh I'm experiencing um and they experience many different things right um some women who have never had an orgasm before some women who um want to know how to have more orgasms some women who uh don't know if they've ever had an orgasm um and and there's this huge broad spectrum of what people experience with regards to their sexuality with regards to intimacy with themselves or with other people um around shame around body image uh around not feeling good enough um around uh feeling shame for their desires and um and a shame uh about expressing their desires and um and i think that the biggest thing that we recognize by talking of being willing to talk about and even being willing to uh to listen to these topics is that you realize that whatever you are going through you are definitely not alone you're not the only one experiencing it and that is where you find the comfort in the discomfort Mm, i love that um especially more recently on the podcast i've been talking about turning towards their discomfort and and there being almost a sweetness in that and and a learning in that. And I think that it's interesting because if if we think about what we have learned um, at this stage in our life, th- there hasn't been a huge focus on values as it relates to values I- in the bedroom or values around our sexual life. And and it's 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 incredible to see people like you who are leading into this work and I guess I am a little bit curious about what it was in you was it nurture was it nature that enabled you to have the courage to have a voice around this topic um because if I'm right this started in what 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 year did you begin to maybe talk about this more openly um so actually the first uh orgasm on the first orgasm workshop that I did so now it's called orgasm online right but the first one I did was in 2016 so that's when I suppose things became uh a little bit more open right with regard to how I was sharing this work but it's funny right because I think um you know uh as I was you know learning and and delving into this space um and really I I really say like it was for myself first all the training that I did was for myself first I never had an intention of sharing it I was teaching yoga at the time and I just thought like this is this is for me right and I am the type of person who really learns 
um I I love education and I've always loved educate education and I really learned like in kind of intensive or immersive situations and so I would find and seek out trainings or seek out mentors um to teach me because I wanted to figure out how to I wanted to have more agency in my own uh, in my own journey, let's say, with regards to this. And when it came to sharing it, it's something that kind of happened very naturally. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I suppose in the beginning as well, it's like, oh, it's so courageous of you. And for me, it never felt like courage. It always just felt like this is this is what my heart was calling me towards and this felt right. And it was like, how can I not do this? So um and it's kind of like this idea, right? That it's kind of, you know, when you talk about sex openly, there's this, and because there's this whole thing around, you mentioned taboo, right? That it's like, oh God, you're really going against the grain. And my thought was always like, well, it, like what if the grain has actually been growing in the wrong direction all of this time? And it just takes one person to say, hey, look, look that way. And and then the whole tide turns, right? And uh, and I think like what I've been seeing in lockdown in the last year is that, you know, I've had uh, over five thousand women in uh, and the Irish women as well in orgasm online since March last year. Um, I've had uh, hundreds of women in a month long program, and each of the and 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 then thousands more who are following Instagram and what and reading the posts that I'm putting on Instagram and who are saying I haven't worked up the courage to come to a workshop yet but even just reading your work on Instagram has dramatically changed my relationship with myself and my relationship with my partner and so um for me this is not really it's it's a it's 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 slow work right but it's I always feel it's like one light sets off all the other lights right it's like this um fight like a spark like a fire it just spreads and uh and what what I see at this moment in time in Ireland is like the conversation very quickly changing around sex uh in Ireland and for the better right where there is a lot of people um writing articles and doing podcasts and uh writing on their social media accounts about sex and opening about this and it's for me this is this is beautiful to see right because it's, it means that that conversation is getting out there and it means that more uh this conversation is becoming normal right um so and I kind of think like this is it's important right because we're living in a culture that is really in the business of teaching you how to make yourself like how to make something of yourself um and I think my question is and I think what a lot of people learn or what a, what a lot of people are beginning to realize is it's that maybe the question is more is more towards how do you unmake yourself right unlearning the stories that we were given um 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 unlearning the kind of the the beliefs that that were just given questioning the beliefs that were just given to us as well and and saying like well where did i pick this up and do i actually believe it right because every day over years we ingest very specific ideas about sexuality and unconsciously we internalize them right and we take these beliefs on as our own until suddenly we begin running these sexual narratives that are not ours and most often do not support us right so like scripts that i i script i, I wrote this down before but like scripts like you know um 
if you have a, a, a low or fluctuating desire um, it, within a relationship, it means you're no longer attracted to your partner, that there's no need for, to, there's no need to masturbate when you're in a relationship. Um, that, you know, in terms of your body image, you know, you can't allow yourself to have sex or even to be touched intimately until you lose X amount of weight, right? Or until you look like this. Um, that, uh, you know, sex is an obligation that you have to fulfill in order to keep your partner interested. And, uh, and, and there's tons of them, right? Mm. And I think that, um, you know, in times of stress and I mean like the daily stresses that we experience right uh these narratives can become like particularly potent because they train us to consistently override our actual needs and then you find yourself in this place where sexuality looks um like it begins to move away from what it should be right intimacy a conversation between you and yourself a conversation between you and another one that is nourishing one that is loving one that supports your well-being and instead moves towards sex as a performance or an obligation that perpetuates disconnection worry or unworthiness and um yeah and I think I mean I could keep going (laughs) no this is this is great because I think for somebody who's listening and thinking, yeah, you know what, I'm becoming curious. I, I want to unlearn and I want to relearn, but I, I don't really know what I should unlearn and what I should relearn. And I don't really know what beliefs I hold or what are not mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I think this is what would you what what's the starting point? How do we start to become curious? I think I think for for me, the first thing is I call it like the pleasure mindset right and so this is looking at what your baseline beliefs are um and uh sometimes they're difficult to find on your own because you don't know what you're looking for so doing things like i mean uh i mean listening to this podcast right might trigger some things um if you go on my instagram account and read all the posts you know you will find loads of information there and loads of uh kind of let's say nuggets that might whet your appetite or ignite your curiosity um and so the first thing is always like you know understanding what your pleasure mindset is and so we and this is where I say like that you know with regards to the culture that we're growing up and this is what I mean like we're you know in the business of teaching uh that the, our culture is in the business of teaching us how to how to make ourselves this is really the the productivity mindset that uh, we are driven uh by and this is that constant expectation and need to produce something um like a culture that values goals and puts an emphasis on pursuing and attaining those goals right and and oftentimes attaining them um at all costs even and especially to the detriment of our own health right and so we see this also translating into our sexual lives where we have the goal of orgasm or the goal of sex to produce children um and i suppose this would have been um it's still there the goal of orgasm is definitely still there um i mean this is also uh it, it is changing right because the attitude is moving towards understanding that um moving away from sex as something that produces something towards sex that um sex that is pleasurable right 
And so, uh, and so the first thing is always looking at what is your pleasure mindset? Um, what are your baseline beliefs? What are your sexual scripts uh, with regards to um, how you, how you, what you believe about sex, how you interact with sex? Um, when you hear other people talking about sex, getting curious about your reaction, and instead of I, and I always used to do this, right? Instead of being, um, instead of uh, going with the kind of push and pull of things, so instead of being repelled by certain things, and then and then uh, and then kind of um, uh, repelled by some, by certain things that I would hear and then be moving towards other things that I hear. So this idea of like, and dislike, instead of this, I always became curious about like, okay, instead of moving with that push, I'm following those things, getting curious as to why am I repelled by this? Mm. Why am I not repelled by this? And looking at that, because then we figure out like where we're at in terms of our, in terms of our sexual beliefs. And in Orgasm Online, in the workshop, I explain um, uh, our sexual development. And so just like we have developmental stages within our within our personhood right so we move from being an infant to a child to an adolescent to an adult and continue on our sexuality also has these developmental stages and this is often where we pick up our and uh, pick up our sexual beliefs and where these sexual beliefs become ingrained and then inform how we live um, and how we engage with sex and so um so I think seeking education for me has always been uh, something that has been uh, really valuable in terms of understanding why I think the way that I do, why I believe the what I believe. Um, and because ultimately my desire was um, and my thought was like, there has to be more than this. Uh, uh, I was dri- I was driven by that, you know. Not mm. everyone is driven by that, and that's also okay, you know. Mm. Um, so we have to allow for all experiences to exist. Yeah, and I'm interested. Mm. You've used the word pleasure, and I'd love to unpack that term because I think there can be the superficial view of pleasure. Um, and I'd love to hear um, from your perspective what what you mean in practical terms when you say pleasure. Mm, okay well <laughs> yeah definitely um and the thing is is that most of us right um we have this belief right that pleasure looks a certain way um and I think you know it's it, uh, you know there's so many reasons for that right we've again what I talk about with regarding ingesting certain ideas so if you would even consider porn for example um you know uh recognizing that porn is not real life right it's designed for quick pleasure and it's really all about whether you watch it or not right you know the images like when I say porn you know the images that are that their images are conjured up in your mind almost instantly right and there and it's and it's really all about these kind of exaggerated images the right angles right the drama because it's cinematic on purpose because the purpose of porn is that it wants to bring you to arousal and climax quickly right and so the thing is is that when we talk about pleasure, oftentimes we can imagine that um, pleasure uh, has to look a certain way, has to sound a certain way, has to um, feel a certain way, right? And that we have to be in these kind of constant states of, you know, um, bliss and and pleasure and kind of and screaming the walls down, you know. And I think, um, you know, stripping 
stripping it back, uh, the pleasure is really how is a, a state of being um, that you allow yourself to experience. And if we think about it in terms of, you know, um, our sexuality and our sensuality, right? This is the same idea that, you know, these things don't have to look certain ways. We are all sexual, sensual beings from the time that we are born until the time that we die. There's no age on sexuality. And this doesn't mean that you want sex, right? Uh, all of the time, right? This just means um, that this is how we live in the world. We are sensate beings, which means we take the world in through our senses. Um, we, you know, we smell, we see, uh, we talk. And we also penetrate the world in the same way. So there is this constant exchange. And so really, um, I mean, pleasure is is the ability uh, to exist in those moments, right? And in terms of our sexual, uh, our sexuality, I really believe that, um, that uh, moving towards pleasure uh, is very much goes hand in hand with our sexual wellness, right? And this is that idea that we all experience how our inner world and state of being affects our desire and interest in sex, right? Uh, so when we feel good about our bodies, we feel good about wanting to have sex. Um, when we feel connected to another person, we feel like we want to have sex. And the opposite is is also true, right? Um, when we are in states of stress, when we are in straight, uh, when we have, um, let's say, um, when we have uh, worries, for example, about our our kids, our family, uh, when we have a lot of, um, when we're overloaded in work, right? Uh, we also experience how these these states of stress affect our desire to be, uh, our desire to engage in sex. And when we say this, it's not just sex, right? This is also um, our sexuality. When we're in states of stress, we're less likely to experience the world as a pleasurable um uh, as a pleasurable place to be in right we go for a walk and if we're in a state of stress um unless we have an awareness on it and we um like consciously attune ourselves uh to let's say nature around us we can go for a walk through the most gorgeous setting and see none of it experience none of it and so um uh for me pleasure looks like looks like learning how to engage with the true power of wellness right which is learning how to oscillate between stress and ease and learning how to navigate that journey well is I think what looks uh what is is what developing pleasure as a skill looks like right um and learning how to respond to that oscillation moment to moment so uh recognizing that you are uh in stress now what is it? How do you feel? What is it that you need? And can you respond to that need? Because oftentimes we can know what we need, but there is a, a like a, a break, you know, between um, knowing what we need and actually allowing ourselves to receive it, right? We all know that. Like if you practice yoga or if you practice meditation or, you know, if you know that going for a walk, you know the things, most of us know the things that help us when we are stressed out, when we are in pain, when we are struggling. 
and and uh and even still right um we we can know it but the step of actually allowing ourselves to like do it and then receive it is uh is another is a uh, like a bridge you have to walk over purpose purposefully right mm-hmm. um and this is what i mean you know about learning how to respond to this oscillation moment moment is like this is a tool right that supports you in 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 your thriving not just in your sexual life but in your entire life right so for listeners how might they begin to use that tool i mean it's uh, this is the thing right people think um that there are people think it's it's hard right and that it's difficult and um the, the part that is hard is the practice of it, right? Uh, turning your attention towards pleasure in um, moments of difficulty. Uh, this is something that a lot of people experience a lot of guilt over, right? Um, like in terms of like even in, in, in terms of lockdown, you know, uh, I, I was, we were saying that I have a group on at the theater uh, at the moment and um, this is something that is coming up quite a bit, right? How do you allow yourself to experience pleasure when there is so much suffering around you, you know, or whether you yourself are suffering? And really, this is that idea that in any kind of crisis, um, pleasure is probably an, is probably the most in, important antidote, right? Um, to uh, to it's it's an antidote to suffering um because it it gives you the permission to celebrate life right where you can connect with your aliveness your vibrancy your vitality um not just because it's this trivial thing which i think a lot of us think when we come to pleasure um or that it's something like that's an aside but it's because it's one of the actual actually one of the most powerful um uh antidotes to loss to pain to suffering and uh and i think when we are suffering it is a difficult thing to turn to this practice right it's a difficult thing to turn to because we think um uh we think that in some way uh, trivializes or minimizes what we're going through right so my my thing is and against pleasure mindset right um can you can you understand not just cognitively but as an experience in your body that the suffering of the world has always lived alongside the beauty of the world and uh you know there's this beautiful thing that says um and it's to do with uh it's to do with um let's say like neurochemically and like from a a neuroscience space, right? That for every uh, one negative experience that you have in order to bring yourself back to a state of balance, and this is just balance, right? Not even in the kind of plus point, but this is just in order to bring yourself back to a place of balance, a place of homeostasis, you need five pleasurable experiences to counteract that. And when we live in a world that is constantly moving towards the suffering, right? Look at your life, look at how you live, um it's easy for us to move towards the suffering taking pleasure as, as a as a practice is um is is an antidote to this and it just starts by choosing um to to experience pleasure as a state so for for example one practice that you could do and that's so simple right i call it the pleasure break and um 
wherever you are, you go for a walk and you pause for a moment, put your phone down, take your headphones out and you just sit or you stand. And it doesn't even have to be somewhere beautiful or you know majestic. This helps if you're in nature, but it doesn't have to be. And you take um your you take your breath in consciously and you literally absorb the world through the senses. What can I what do I see? What do I feel? What do I hear? What do I smell? What do I taste? And this calls you into the present moment, um, which is what I think all spirituality is, is telling us, right? And to experience yourself in a state of beingness that is in pleasure, like that in that moment, nothing is happening to you, right? And you experience the kind of, um, you can experience the state of peacefulness when you're going through turmoil. You can experience a state of connectedness when you feel disconnected. And uh, and you can take these pleasure breaks with another person as well, right? In terms of like you, and you do this, like, and you, like, as I say, like you literally open the senses and you breathe in and out consciously, uh, like allowing the senses, allowing allowing what what is around you to be moving in and out through the senses. You open yourself, and it's the same thing. If you're with a partner, you can do the same thing, where you sit in front of them, and instead of because I mean, so often you know you can like you know get up in the morning. We're so busy, right? Going through our day, we wake up in the morning, we're brushing our teeth, we say good morning. You know, maybe you have a habit that someone your uh, significant other makes you a cup of tea and brings that to bed, or brings that to your bed, or something like you all have a routine everyone has a routine and so often um the extraordinariness of the people that we are around gets lost in the routine and in the ordinariness that becomes our life day after day after day when we are not consciously aware that this is happening and so sitting in front of your partner and you know and saying you know how are you and instead of just asking the question it's something that you do you know because you you they've come home and they've been out or they had work and they've come into the kitchen um, and like what's going on with you, you sit down and you say like how are you and you sit and you listen, and you obs- you watch them, you know, and you literally take them in through the senses, you know, um, and that's, a, these are all practices, right, that you, that uh, they are so intuitive, right, but they oftentimes, and when, when someone speaks them out, you just go like, oh, that's so obvious, right, but oftentimes it takes someone saying them for you to even, you know, um, realize that that's something that you're not doing, and if this is something that we're not doing, Jenny, it's a bit of an echo there. This is something that we're not doing. What's the implications of that? I mean, the thing is, is that I suppose uh, that's really like it's very interesting to answer that. Like it's it's more of a, it's hard to answer that because it's very much an individual um it's an individual thing and it's an individual response for some people um they're okay with their lives their lives are their their lives are are perfect in terms of they're happy uh, and content right some people don't question these things in terms of um in terms of like god is there more than this right mm-hmm. um and and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that i always say right that uh change happens either through desperation or inspiration and i suppose 
many of the people that I work with and that I meet in this world, it's mostly always desperation that we come to something because uh, we are having an issue, right? We, there's something wrong. There's a difficulty. Um, and whether it's something like we have a low libido um, and we never had that before, uh, whether we experienced um, some kind of irreparable loss, um, maybe a relationship has ended in a way that you never expected and there is a moment of change, right? Um, and I think uh, each of us, um, in terms of this is an individual thing, right? Each of us choose how we engage with that. Uh, and so I don't think there's any implications, you know, um, in terms of in term in terms of like if people are happy and content and and they're fine with the way everything is, then you know, perfect, right? There's no implications mm -hmm. there. I think ultimately it's like about being content in your body. If you're content in your life, um, in your in your relationships, um, with in in terms of when I say relationships, I mean the relationship with yourself, the relationship with uh, your family, the relationship with your work, the relationship with the world, right? If you're mm -hmm. happy and content in all this, there's no implications. If you're not, um. Uh, happy and content in those relationships um and then you you know it's possible to continually ig ignore that but I always say like that you know um this beautiful line from a poet called Mark Nepo uh you're either broken open or you willingly shed and mm -hmm. I have always experienced this in my life as well it's like the things that we don't want to look at um will generally find a way of stepping right in front of us and often uh, kind of knocking us down right until mm -hmm. and and repeatedly knock us down until we um until we look at them <laughs> yeah it's interesting and I'm, I'm glad I asked that and I'm glad you shared that because I think also just for listeners like a signal very often is that you're questioning gosh this feels like, or it could be a sensation it could be a feeling or it could be a question around like you said is this it is there more and I think that's just a really nice impetus to go well actually I can explore this and there may be things out there that I haven't yet learned and I think I'm really conscious that I want to get to the topic just very quickly as a mum of two girls um I think maybe some of my interest in this topic is to imagine a world where no one feels guilt um, mm. or embarrassment around sex. And that 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 drive has become even more apparent for me um, as I watch my young girls grow up. And I also know that I have a lot of work to do before I can <laughs> look to the next generation. Um, but that that does inspire me. And I guess I'd love to hear your views or maybe even your mission or your vision around sex education and what we can do, not just for our generation, um, but but the generation coming up. Mm, oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, <laughs> you don't do this work and not hope that things will change down the line, right? And mm. uh, and that you know, like I I have a a niece, and and she's only five months old, and I just think like God, by the time she's older, I really hope that you know these conversations will be so normal, um, and that the the that their language around their sexuality uh will be something that you know we'll be learning from <laughs> mm. um I think and I, I'm very hopeful that that's happening I mean uh the thing is is that when you 
share messages like this and there is truth in them real truth and people experience the the benefit right of it um uh you can't not share these things right once i always say that like once you know something you can never unknow it right mm. and uh, and i think like it's like anything when we learn something when we're inspired by something um there is an innate drive in us to a need right necessity to share it um, and I'm very hopeful that uh, down the line, sex education will be something that is absolutely um, rooted in uh, sex positivity, um, body autonomy and and uh, and pleasure. Right. Mm-hmm. Not just discussing the, the risks and the scare and the and the and all the scare tactics. Right. Um, and uh, yeah. And I think. I, I do think that will change. I think like our the first step and this is really why I'm I you know there was a you know I I when I was doing this work before everything went online um and I was teaching this in workshops um I was actually set up last year to um in March it was very funny and then obviously that never happened but to go into start going into schools and speaking to and and uh, delivering sex education to schools um and this was just from women who were coming to my workshops and saying like I'm I'm getting you into the school you know mm. um either parents or teachers and very interesting before that when I I had approached schools before um this would have been like 2017 and and when I approached and they were like oh we'd have to get the parents on board and they'd absolutely like we wouldn't get them on board like no one wants to talk about this it's like uh it's it's and then and there's so many it there's so many different kind of stepping stones. So my mission uh, is to is to educate women first, right? Not just mothers, but women who are our aunties and um uh and uh, sisters, right? And so all women um of all ages who are friends, right? Who have uh who have friends um that have children or who have friends that have children right um and that I think that when enough women have this information um because you know we're all like right in terms of women we can't we can't stop talking this is one of our many gifts right uh then then the conversation begins to change and open up you know I mean I experienced this with my own friends like when I first came back um uh, one of the first years that I came back studying like after studying all of this and they were like what like what have you done? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just doing yoga. And they're like, no, you're not doing yoga. You've been doing yoga for a while. You're doing something mm-hmm. else. And I was like, well, I've started exploring my sexuality. And and I told them um, uh, in terms of like exactly how I was exploring my sexuality. And all of them were literally gobs. Like, it's like their mouths were open. They were like, uh, and like, it was funny because the conversation, um, like nobody asked questions, but as you can tell, <laughs> Sinead um I don't have to be asked many questions to talk I <laughs> going right so I just went I just blurted out everything like and just said and I was you know I was excited and I was passionate and I mean it was also showing in terms of myself um and not much was said but I I went home from that dinner and every single one like we were in a group whatsapp every single one of them messaged me privately to say hey um I'd love to hear more about that god I'm really interested you know, you look amazing, you sounded great, you know, and I'm really, I'd love to know more, you know, and each of them opened up to me. And I think that 
you know, sometimes as someone who is, I, I experience this, right, with the women who I'm working with now, they're like, I, I've no one to speak to about this because everyone would think I'm mental. It's like, it's like you just you just have to be the the first kind of um the first person and it's not even about courage right it is a little bit of courage I suppose but and a little bit of bravery in terms of taking the first step but you just have to be the person that says okay I'm willing to take the first step because once you do that you open the floodgates for everybody to begin to connect on that on and express themselves on this level as well you know Mm -hmm. I mean I experienced this in my workshops like I have mothers and daughters coming into the workshops I have um you know groups of friends coming in and they're and then they all talk about it like afterwards you know um and so it's igniting conversations right and when we ignite these conversations between ourselves this naturally is passed down to our children if you are open and 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 feel natural and comfortable talking about your sexuality and you don't think there's if there's anything dirty or shameful or unnatural right about talking about it then this will pass down to your children because it will be part of the conversation that is happening around you um in the kitchen in the living room when something comes on tv you know it's not something like you know like <laughs> i'm sure you've experienced this right you're you've ever been sitting uh, like on the couch with your parents and a second yeah. comes on and suddenly the whole room gets very quiet and everyone's holding their breath <laughs> sexy know? sex scene in glen row back in the day <laughs> <it was. laughs> oh dear oh dear god yeah. and, and, and you know what's interesting jenny i'm even thinking of like when i invited you onto the podcast okay so that's just i think it's 10 days ago at this stage or something right even in that short time now it's not to say like I hadn't done any work around sexuality before this but still in that very short time through my research and listening to the various different conversations that you've had going onto your Instagram page and then having conversations with the women in my life um, around this I feel less ashamed I Mm. feel less embarrassed to talk about this topic in 10 days and I think it's it's realizing that actually, for me, I'll speak in the first person, the anticipation or perhaps the fear around it is far greater than the actual reality of having these conversations. Um, and I think that's that's where that's where it just excites me so much to be able to bring people like you onto the show who can just help us unlearn some of the things or even as an impetus for us to begin to say actually how could I explore this a bit more what's the first little thing that I could do to to begin to explore this topic and I think on that maybe just giving our listeners a quick insight into some of your offerings you mentioned orgasm online and maybe giving people a little bit of an appetite for what that might look like okay yeah <laughs> uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll start by saying this I keep my pants on the whole time <laughs> Relief. Uh, yeah, you are not you're not watching me orgasm <laughs> um, and you will not be orgasming uh, unless you choose to <laughs> oh, um so yeah or- orgasm online is uh, I suppose like I'd say the let's say the introductory workshop and it's really all about it's it's in designed to um really give you um a small like a small but also a lot right you it's a, there's a lot in there as well um a lot of kind of just nuggets to like 
chew on, right? To mull over and to be like, and, and, to, and to ignite your curiosity and to also ignite your desire um, to seek out your own education, right? Uh, and, and it's really a seminar style workshop. Um, so it's me talking the entire time. Um, there's a 20 minute um, practice that I get like there's some practices throughout it so there's a little meditation and uh at the very beginning and that's just I think helps settle people's nerves because everyone's like shaking like a leaf when they go in and sometimes it's from you know uh anxiousness and fear and sometimes it's from excitement right so it's supposed to settle people um and then we kind of uh we there's it's a it's a seminar style workshop right so um I'm talking you're listening, you can have, your audio is off the whole time, uh, your cameras can be on or off, uh, I love when women can put their cameras on, but I, it's not part, it's not something that I'm saying, like, you have to put it on, you know, um, and so it's working with them, first of all, the pleasure mindset, uh, and, and then uh, giving, and this is about, like, giving your sexuality context, right, in terms of education, um, and then we look at, uh, let's say, the five gateways, um, to pleasure on your body and uh, and I talk about what are they how do they work and then how you can work with them and then I give a 20 minute practice that you can um, implement into your own into your own uh, life which is really about connecting yourself to your body and connecting yourself very specifically to your pelvic girdle I always say this like I have a teacher that calls this part of our body the dead seven inches because we tend not to uh, we tend not to think about it until we have to, right? And generally when it's, it's when we're pregnant or when we're worried, you know, um, like even if you think right now, are you breathing into your pelvic diaphragm? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is something that like none of us are conscious of. So people yeah. wonder why, like, let's say the kind of energy and like their their blood flow and um and mm. things like aren't alive right it's because nothing is moving down there we generally mm. sit all day long you know um whether that's at home or whether it's in the car or whether you know and so there's it this is really about uh, giving you a practice that like a little a small movement practice that's you know easy for everyone to do that you can implement into your into your life every single day and by the end of the workshop, you understand why you need to do it. Um, and then there's a, a space then for Q and A's. And um, the workshops generally uh, have um, um, uh, quite a lot of people in them. So it's like a large group of people in them. Uh, and I really love this because it's not only just getting the message out there in a very um, kind of uh, not getting, not just getting the message out there, but it's also allowing women to recognize just the volume uh, of other women who are seeking the same information. I think there's so much comfort in that alone. And then I also run a, a course um, called 30 Days to Orgasm, which is not as scary as it sounds. <laughs> and this is really kind of uh, looking at, whereas Orgasm Online is really about pleasure mindset, uh, 30 Days to Orgasm um, is giving women uh, practices and tools um, that, and this is like really science-based um, somatic uh, practices also mixed with yoga and tantra which is what um, I practice um, and giving them practices that they can that can that helps them 
um, and really transforms their relationship they have with their body, the relationship that they have with their sexuality. So it helps to rewrite sexual scripts and beliefs. It helps to remove shame and it helps to redefine how they um, what they believe pleasure is and how they engage with that as not just as something that you understand in your mind but as something that you experience and live and express through your body uh, and it's a really beautiful um, uh, program and um, that's generally a lot smaller um, of a group and so it's a and there's one going on at the moment and it's there's a lot of it's, there's, it's a lot of fun as well mm. and uh, if you have a look on my website um I'm I'm very slow with all this stuff I do things at my own pace so okay. I've started putting up uh, resources now because the biggest questions I always get get asked with regards to this is like what books can I read what are the best podcasts what are the best you know apps and all the kind of stuff so if you look at my uh, website jennykeen.com I also have like a resources page Page, um, which will be being filled out so it's like a really great place to start if you also okay. don't want to come to me you know okay okay amazing Jenny I mean literally I never go to an hour and I could just keep talking this has been I'd love to do part two at some stage in another whatever few months you, you seem to be like the momentum that you've built over lockdown you bring such a fabulous energy to this topic um you really it's 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 incredible even in this short space of time I've been so inspired um very much also your Instagram handle it's it's a great Instagram page so maybe just to direct people to that very quickly um yeah. Hello, Jenny Keen. Cool, cool. Jenny, thank you so much. Um, you're so welcome, thank you. You can see if you've listened to the other podcasts and you're doing your research, why generally podcasts for me go on for like an hour and a half, two hours. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening. If there's something that you've heard in this episode that has resonated with you, or perhaps you think it could benefit someone else, then please do share this link or start the conversation. If you haven't done so already, click on the subscribe button in your listening app. And as always, I really value your feedback. So please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And for more information, full show notes, links and resources, you can pop over to my website, SineadMillard.com. See you next time back here on The Courage To Be.